in the white-hot glare of a relentless manhunt is the shadow of the most terrifying figure the podcasting world has ever known. And that figure is the four Spicy Boys and the Spicy Boys Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Spicy Boys Movie Podcast, a podcast where four spicy boys have spicy takes about spicy movies. I'm your host, Alex Copeland, along with my four friends. We'll discuss and debate and have spicy takes about several different movies. This week, we got White Heat, 1949, James Cagney, classic James Cagney is, in my opinion, one of the most old-school actors, like the very golden... He represents golden age Hollywood to me in a way that most actors from that time are kind of forgettable. Almost a lot of them. There's, you know, there's, there's great ones, but James Cagney is a talent. He's a head above most of them. Known for his gangster movies, this is... One of his culminating gangster roles. And it's a a really good one. Uh, We will discuss his acting in the app. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, If you have not seen this movie, you can catch it on YouTube. You gotta pay for it, though. Um, You can probably find it on Amazon. Gotta pay for it, though. Um, it's not, sadly, I think this ended the streak of movies available on YouTube for free, but that's okay. We'll get through it. Uh, anyway, stick around to the end of the episode, figure out what we're going to watch next week, figure out what the wheel lands on, and I will see you then. Enjoy this week's episode of The Spicy Boys. Get away with the Cody. Cody, huh? You got a good memory for names. Too good. How do you like that, boys? A copper. And I was going to split 50-50 with a copper. This podcast is primarily marketed through 4chan, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Why why are our uh, fan sites so toxic? It's terrible. I don't know. I was thinking today, like, man, that's like, that's the 4D chess move. We, we talk, we like mention conspiracy theories and then we get caught, caught up in this whirlwind that is conspiracy QAnon weird world. And then boom, free advertising right there. And then we completely, then we completely switch gears, you know, and uh... so many listeners, so many, so many free listeners right there. It's a plan that pales in comparison to all of the plans of our main character, Cody, from this movie. <laughs> I mean, our character is just trying to avoid the noise throughout the movie. With his ma. 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 Ma is dead. So who, who suggests this out of the noirs? Who's Me. responsible? I'm responsible for this mess. Charlie, what is your relationship with White Heat? At, you know, at one point you were, you know... Uh, turning on your white butane stove and you're like, this is a great title for a movie. <laughs> then you looked it up on IMDb and you're like, god damn it. Or was it's it Red Man? Again. 
You have a Schwarzenegger's no, Red Heat. <laughs> I've always wanted to see it. I knew it was a, supposed to be a really good noir. Supposed to be one of James Cagney's best, uh, yeah. best performances. It's, uh, I I realized. Um, I think last week I had said this is the movie where Cagney shoves a grapefruit in the woman's face. Yeah. And I was wrong. That's Public Enemy. I want to. I just want to. Yeah. This is an editorial. Uh, yeah, Public Enemy is the one that made him the, yeah, the on-screen like, gangster. Yeah. See. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, singing. Then, yeah. <laughs> and this is like way, way later. This is like. This well movie seems like. A, yeah, this movie seems like a culmination of. I mean, it's like in the middle of his career, but it seems like a culmination of everything. Of all his gangster. His gangster roles. The movie also never seemed to end, which I liked. Prize. Yeah, I like think that that's like. Um, I don't know. Something that really like strikes me in a lot of these older movies is how. Uh, well, they use economy, how they're like, honestly, like everything that's in the movie is uh, there for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and even though it was like a pretty long movie, I felt like this thing fucking moved. Yeah. Very it was two hours. It felt really long, but it was only two hours long. Yeah. I and think, then, cause uh, I, when I read the thing, it said that he leads his gang in a chemical plant payroll heist. And I'm like, all right. And the fuck is the the heist coming? I mean, it really keeps you going, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. Really, it's a two-hour. Well, just like plot-wise, uh, in comparison with all the other you know noirs that are out there, to start the movie off with like we're following a criminal first, we've kind of flipped it on its head. To um, the criminal is thirty minutes in, going to just uh, turn himself in voluntarily to prison and admit to a crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, to then you get the cop on the inside like it it, it it seems like it's flipping all of these tropes on its head in such an interesting way that's true uh, dude. i didn't even notice i didn't even like no, i like no now that you've said it it's like oh yeah it's like slapping me in the face but yeah you're totally right i never even thought about that it does it opens on the gangster i think i think that's because it's it's more of a gangster movie like it comes from a gangster movie tradition instead of like the noir tradition you think this uh, is kind of the beginning of the noir is it i mean this is like uh 40, three years after world war Two. yeah this is 49 when this comes out four years it's like kind of in the middle kind of near the end of uh like the middle <laughs> end of noir time yeah. and all middle... i think about was la noir the video game yeah like the game i haven't played went to so many so different sad. cities gotta play Constant one. It, yeah, it was kind of a cross-country uh, movie. You know, yeah. there are some set pieces here, baby. That the oil little, plant had to be real. That, uh, I guess you could call it a police chase of the police following his mother. Was hilarious to watch living in L.A. now, seeing them drive all the way to Long Beach and taking the streets they took. It's like, it's like a five-hour fucking car ride now. <laughs> Even in a scenario where, like, there's 1940s traffic, it's still, like, a five-hour car ride. I know. It's insane. Going 30 miles an hour. Top yeah, speed. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're going, like, so slow, too. It, and it, like, that scene was so fun because it's, like, the kind of thing where uh, it's kind of like a cell phones in the 90s type thing where it's, like, uh, this technology would not be used for any reason in... Um, 
like in five years, you know what I mean? Like they would have yeah. different techniques to try to tail someone like this, but just like the joy of the film noir and them being like, all right, we have to have three cars and we're, uh, yeah, every car chase in this movie, they they keep on cutting back to some dude with a map. And I was like, hell yeah. yeah. I'm in a paper map. All right, see, oh, there you go. I wish they well, had one of those uh, big wheel things where you like slide the the miles. I forget what they're called. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they have like there was a lot of like will the line line up? And I'm like, I don't know what the rules of this thing are, but uh, you know, sources say yes. <laughs> pretty, then, uh, they're yeah, pretty they futuristic those, um, with the oscillator those, there. They have those the tracker car things, so it's like the big ring. It's, pre- it's pretty innovative. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, that was funny. I wonder if it. I bet. I guess something like that had to exist, right? Like, oh, that, I would expect so. I mean, it's. I mean, they did have radar and stuff. I mean, because yeah, because you had radar like, and whatnot could, and sonar like, technology. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell if it was like. <laughs> this is on the edge of like. Did this, did this exist? Did this like. Uh, like. I believe it exists in the yeah. You know, if it's just created for the movie, or if it like something that like kind of existed, and they used it like the real police only used it like a couple times or whatever, or if it actually like was used. Yeah, but I guess the tech the tech is there, was there. But yeah, that was that was a fun uh, that that was a fun scene when they're like tracking the the gas truck. And they keep like. He's going this way. He's... And then they're like, oh, he's just staying there. He... That must be where he is. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. I like, um... It's God, very, um... So fucking tired. <laughs> the whole thing was, like, very procedural. Like, it's very, like... This is how the police do this. And then it'll go to the gangsters, and they're like, alright, this is how we're gonna do this. Like, yeah. The gangsters... This is how we're gonna rob the place. Step by step, we always know everybody's like, plans. Yeah. Yeah, I found that interesting. So yeah, it it was a real thing. Yeah, Os- these little oscillator things. Not really. Yeah, it was also it was used by MI5 during Operation Rafter. Interesting. In the fifties. That's right, dude. That Edmund O'Brien guy. He's in uh, Fantastic Voyage. It's like a fucking. Oh, yeah. He's in a ton of stuff, but I recognize his face from something recent that I'd seen. Yeah, he was one of those character actors that's just kind of. He's in a bunch of shit, yeah. You're like, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy, yeah. I mean, I guess James Cagney was kind of like like that until he was like huge. Cagney was like. He took that character actor actor. And yeah, made it like his whole career, and he became like yeah, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like a character actor, of... leading man. Yeah, leading man which, and a character actor. Wait, which I yeah, I character enjoy... actor in a leading man's body. That's what they say. There you go. It's like a like George Clooney sort of sort of thing. The Cloonster. The Cloon. The Cloon. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is my first uh, James Cagney movie I've ever watched. And that is one of my favorite things when uh, Hollywood is like, this is a man who just has an unbelievable face, which everyone will now like admire for 90 minutes on the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I 
Uh, just like put that bad boy into marble. What a face. And I'm looking at his profile right now. His nose and his chin are unbelievable because he has like a little button nose and then his chin is just like uh, a perfect square. Oh, I just can't, I can't get over it. That's what happens, dude. I'm going to put Hollywood. a poster of James Cagney in my room. That's how much I like his face. Old Hollywood, dude. They just go, look at this guy's face. We have to capitalize on this. Got to capitalize on that face. How do we do that? Make that cash. I'm trying to see. Like, you need to see his... a film of his in color. Yeah, this, I mean, I'm look, I was looking at his filmography. There's, he only made, like, a couple more, like, gangster movies. Uh, he didn't want to be typecast. Yeah, this is career. one of his last. He's like, I will make his my last. own gangster movie. But, Where I'm not the gangster. <laughs> I'm the cop. Probably, yeah, is Yankee Doodle Dandy in color? Is that in color? I don't know. My God. I you gotta see the, the doodle in glorious, glorious color. I think the movie was in color. I don't know. Maybe the doodle. Not. I don't know. He he was in he's in some film sometimes. He's in everything, sometimes. dude. He's a man. Dude, my brain is turning off. Dumps. This is what happens when you don't have a lot of caffeine. Did you recently uh did you recently run into a steam vent and uh find yourself in a strange so uh bloody. cabin? That so it was so bloody. fucked because like just died. Um yeah, just like think of all the characterization that guy had in like one line where it's like, did I do a good job on my yeah, first uh, job? And you're like, fuck, no. <laughs> no, nah, man. You... Danny boy. <laughs> I mean, it sucks because, you know, he had to die because he like probably from freeze from hypothermia. It's like probably been wishing for the bullet then. Yeah. When um, when they have the line where the cops are talking about it, they're like, it's so curious. There was a bullet hole in the ceiling and. Uh, the man was frozen to death, but his uh, his eyebrows were still intact and his face was burned. I was like, part of my brain that has been listening to only true crime podcasts in the uh, in the quarantine was like, can't wait to hear the the breakdown on this one, boys. Like, oh well, it's obvious that this is a known associate of the of the Cagney game. Like, oh, oh, man. They didn't know. They didn't recognize his fingerprints, but um, the fingerprints on the cigarette package. Of uh, what was or it? The, uh, Cookie or whoever? Yeah, what, some some dude. Because Cotton was the guy oh, that I think died, and Cookie was the guy that gave him the pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Which, like, yeah. look, if we're going for very uh, microscopic nitpicks, the the odds of them like actually being able to do that with fingerprints are so low. Uh, whereas you know maybe instead they're like. Oh, this fingerprint kind of looks like these guys. Let's just pin it on them. It's the forties. This is what we do. Yeah, I mean seriously, it's like in uh, in Ace in the Hole. There's a moment like that when the cop goes out to the the encampment, and one of the guys stands up to the landowner, and the landowner just looks at the cop, and the cop arrests him, and then everybody else goes, "Anybody else got any problems?" <laughs> nope. They got the guy. Literally, just goes. You know that that guy that got robbed like last week. I think this is the guy that did it. And they just arrest him right away. Damn. Hey, it's L.A. L.A.P.D. You know, has been known for that. It's Chinatown, Jake. Yeah, this would have been like 
middle of California, but yeah. Doesn't matter. LAPD spreads far. Their 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 waves spread far and wide. Wow, really Fresh. makes you think. Yeah, I really, I really love the um, the opening. The opening scene to me, like, just the fact that they're like robbing a train, and even some of the shots they use are like, to me, it felt like a western. Like, yeah, it did open like, up oh, like a western. Oh, they're robbing a train. Yeah. And then, and then, like, but it turns from a western because, like, the, the like they don't get away with it. And they're like immediately punished by yeah. like the guy like fucking up and like steam, like burning his face off. <laughs> it's so intense, man. Oh, it's just haunting. After but he fucks up it. too, he says Cody's name, and then you're like, "Well, yeah, you've got a good memory." You know, it's like, well, My my boy. I don't know, all I can think about I've ever seen the steam because I'm rewatching Chernobyl. Damn. I'm like, oh damn. Get the flashback. The charms. Well, because I, I just watched just... the fire, like you know, because I've just watched the, rewatched the episode where like you just, all the firefighters and the, and the main technicians in the control room, are like on their last days before air, before the acute radiation sickness gets them. Dude, the guy that sure. directed this movie looks like a badass. From his IMDb picture, he's got an eye patch, and he's got Hold a up. cigarette in his hand. Hold up. He's got to have I'm a cigarette like the right now. He also lived forever. He lived from 1887 <laughs> to 1980. Jesus. <laughs> Raul Walsh. I'm so excited for this iPad. He has 140 uh -oh. directing credits. This oh guy my god. A, this was this guy This guy, guy, life, this this guy had to have been an extra in this movie. There's no way that he wasn't. Dude, look at his filmography. Holy shit, fuck. Wow. I want to see uh, the Roaring Twenties. Like, I think that if I saw a movie with Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney in it, I think that I would just die. <laughs> it would just be too masculine. <laughs> like, uh... They just stare at each other for 90 minutes as hard as they can until the other one explodes. Oh, they gotta have a they gotta, no, they gotta have a drinking contest. Yeah, they just drink, like, Plot the various... Various the spirits. brown liquors. Keep hey, hey, smoked oh, no. cigarettes. Guys, They're just... Raul Walsh plays uh, John Wilkes Booth in The Birth of a Nation. All right, we got to get out of this page. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, he does. <laughs> Holy shit. I was about to say that Raul, uh, Raul, I love him. I love all his work. I love everything he ever said or believed in, but glad I caught myself before that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. I was like, this dude is born in 1887. Like, how racist was he? Yeah, like, how, honestly, it's like he's making all by, these movies. It's like he's got to be just by being a white man and, and born in 1887. It's like the John like, Ford thing that people talk about with John Ford. Oh yeah, it's like racist he's one of the greatest directors of all time. But then you watch like one of his movies and you're like, dude, I'm pretty sure this guy was a racist. <laughs> I. Just like the real shame is that we i don't you know what i want more than a john ford movie is like a movie about john ford making a movie because that sounds a hundred percent like oh, man. better oh yeah. my god he's like so there we are in africa drinking just pictures of him alone you're like look at this asshole look at this douchebag i've heard um he was one of the few directors that like 
bossed like John Wayne around, like when he was like megastar. Oh yeah, like it's because John one Ford is John direct- Ford. Yeah, like he was the, one of the few like directors that would just like tell John Wayne like exactly what to do, and John Wayne would listen to him. I'm pretty sure it's because isn't it the John which? Well, John it's, Ford made it uh, famous. Yeah, it, which movie was that? It was. Uh... I think he. I th- uh, the story I heard it was the Searchers. Is was it or for? Was it the Searchers that was it? Well, the um, the one that made him famous was Stagecoach. That was yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, that's right. It's Stagecoach. That made John Wayne. John, yeah. Who John was? That's so. right. It's Stagecoach. Howdy, Pilgrim. But yeah, John Ford, like he had he. <laughs> He's an old man with an eye patch, like literally. <laughs> wore, like, That's who Raul Walsh is too. <laughs> okay, here's the thing about like I've thought about this a lot um, because you know as a graphic designer, my eyeballs and my hands are my money makers, right? Uh, yeah. And a big fear of mine is like, what would happen if I lost an eye? Which is the thing I think about a lot. And one thing I definitely think about is I think most people are doing it wrong. You have to have. <laughs> You have to go and buy like a $500 eye patch. You have to have multiple of them, I think. You need to have like a, a black velvet, like satin one that Raul Walsh is presumably wearing in this picture. You need to have like a <laughs> purple one. You need to have like a weird beaded one that has like kind of an artistic eye on it too, just, you know, for mystery. You need to have the one from Yu Gi Oh! Um, Definitely the one from Yu Gi Oh! On top of that, you need to have like a handlebar mustache and a pointy beard so that you look a little bit like the devil. Dude, uh, all of these dude. things are very important because otherwise you look like a lunatic or a person who like had a bad time at a gun range. But if you do all those things right, people are going to be like, ah, this is like, it's like a savant is, over here. This is the guy that is this is the to guy. <laughs> Hollywood just like knocks on your door and is like, what are you doing? You're required on set. We need to start making your movies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a great idea. That's kind of like uh, I've been rewatching all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies, and I've come to the come to determine that after the completion of the movie Commando in 1985, Hollywood took that formula and just remade Commando for 15 more years with Arnold Schwarzenegger, replacing the title and the sexy woman. And his he either he switches back and forth between soldier and cop. He's either playing a soldier or a cop. Un- until until the the ultimate. Uh, I mean, movie. look it up. He look up the a... filmography. Kindergarten cop. The movies like it's insane. Kindergarten cop. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they, Hollywood figures out like uh, this this makes money, right? And then they're like, oh fuck yeah, this makes a ton of money. And then they just like, all right, that's what they say. I said, like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, going out for a rip. We're going to go buy a lot more blow with all this guy's money. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's like, this, guy, this guy's foreign. Let's just put him in everything. It is just unreal, though. It's like the Terminator, Commando, and Predator come out within three years of each other, and they just. They're like, oh, fuck, this makes <laughs> so much money. Arnold's got to be on the next wheel, and uh, oh, yeah. he's got to be a That's category. True. His true. movies are so fucking good. That is the other thing, and the other and the reason they're so good is because of him, because they're not like special. It's him. Well, he's, oh, he's the like, special part. 
It's the Cagney thing of just like, I think you just need a weirdo to be at the center of your movie. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Like movies with like the model just, casting. And yeah, the, we need are to usually not that interesting. From, yeah, the super beautiful people in the movie. Because like I heard Twin, Quentin Tarantino say that about, a, uh, what movie is it? It's a Ben Affleck movie. Argo, uh, the town. Let me oh, the, sure town. the town. The town is really just a bunch of I random think it's people. The town, because he says he said, "What the fuck?" He goes, "It's a movie about a bunch of blue collar people in South Boston, and every single one of them is beautiful." I mean, yeah, Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner's in it. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben Affleck, Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively. It's like, well, there's your movie. It's still a pretty good movie. Yeah, but it is true. They're all like. Very, very, very sexy. <laughs> I accept a movie where everyone is beautiful if uh, the cast is incredibly diverse. But beyond that, if it's going to be a, a movie a of only point. white people, I want That's like one point. of them to have like an eyeball falling up. That's yeah. how weird I want them to look. There's got to be some requisite weirdness. Everywhere. I mean, it's Ben Affleck's movie. This is his movie. He directed it. This is yeah, his he people. He directed as well. So big zoom, big zoom, John Ford that brought him back to life. Let's do it. He's back. I was speaking about uh, John Houston, and I apologize when I was talking about going to Africa. So I would like to clarify. I'm sure that John Houston did bad things too, but I assume that they were all drinking related. Oh, John Houston definitely was also an asshole. An asshole, maybe in a different way. I mean, people yeah, born in the 1800s are on a way. on a whole nother level. He was maybe. born in the the culture time of 1906. Yeah, John Houston, the, the treasure of Sierra Madre. Is fucking amazing though. So, I want it's on my list. I don't it's know if list. I could ever uh, hate on John Houston that much because I mean, the treasure of the Sierra Madre is just fucking amazing, and it's really cool that his dad is a cast member in Treasure of the yeah. Sierra Madre, and he directed his dad to an Oscar, which is pretty cool. Unbelievable. Let's yes. talk a little bit more about White Heat before we go uh, <laughs> totally into just like, boy, do we love old white directors. <laughs> uh, veering into a different kind of movie podcast here, folks. Uh, what else was good? Um, I liked all the business with the radios. Um, again, just like technology. I think that's like an important part of any like I weird liked, uh... mystery. Just using um, technology of the time, whatever time that is. Yeah, it was fun seeing all the 40s tech. Yeah. The 40s fashion was good. Well, I it was like, interesting, uh, too, because these, um, I, I think that, you know, all the detectives were suits. And I think to uh, show off that these guys are criminals, they're all wearing Levi's jean jackets. And these kind of like <laughs> 50s, like, uh, chore coat type things. I was like, it's it's, it's so smile. funny where it's like someone in the fifties probably watched this and was like, look at these fucking bums, and now we're like, well, this is more dressed up than I've been in three years, especially in the quarantine. Are you kidding me? I don't think I never thought about that. Never thought about that. Yeah, I'm here to day, talk about the important things like the costume. <laughs> it is true though. I mean, back in the day, if you weren't in a suit, you were you were not a person of. You I don't know. Dressed. Yeah, you weren't a person. Like, yeah, you were just you're, a fucking bum. You're a real dingus. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, most people today like just wearing like t-shirts and stuff. Like that was just your undershirt. Like, yeah, that was that was like a t-shirt was considered underwear. Yeah, I remember like the James Deans of the world started making wearing a t-shirt. 
acceptable. Yeah. There's a there's an interesting uh documentary by Ron Mann about um the guy it was a guy who like designed cars and he also like invented the t-shirt. Yeah. Um the tales of the He was looking at his favorite co- uh his favorite letter the T and he was like hold yeah. up. <laughs> No, but but he, he didn't invent the t-shirt he invented like the graphic tee like he uh, just started he he drew these little cartoons called uh like the rat fink like others there's like a lot of like you you if you saw it you would recognize it as like something yeah you've seen before. yeah um, but um he like drew those on t-shirts and like sold them for at these little like car shows mm. and he like that sort of like made that was in like the fifties. Interesting. Hell, I want to say we never mentioned Virginia Mayo, in, a, in Verna. A real uh, I, like, yeah. I liked her. She's and she, she wins. She's a total bitch, and she wins. She kills his mom. It's yeah. It's so crazy <laughs> how this whole movie is about how like this man is unhinged and will destroy anyone who talks about his mom. And he doesn't care about his wife. And his wife killed his mom. And he's uh, getting to it. We'll see what happens with those. And then, like, nothing happens to the wife. I, like, I was like, is this the Hayes I Code? Like, cool. the one part of the Hayes Code that it counts and nothing else does? She, she snuck through, dude. She was the, she's the smartest person in the movie. Well, I think it would have been better if they would have been like, yeah, I guess we'll use his wife as a way oh, to Oh, wait, no, out. don't they put her in jail? Don't the cops put her in jail, actually? She still goes to jail, but she doesn't blow up. Yeah, it's true. She's not dead. <laughs> she comes She comes in at the, at the last standoff and is like, I'll, I'll get him to come out, and then yeah, you'll go right. easy on me, right? That's right. That's and then right. they're like, no deal. Yeah, the cops are like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Um, no. I did like the classic, like, uh, and this is a trope that I think now is a, a bigger deal. The uh, mom as kind of the orchestrator of all these things or the originator in the game. She's cute, dude. She's cute. Wait, she's cute. She, okay. Uh, we got to get out of this, guys. Uh, but apparently it's based on a real uh, gang here. Really? Uh, I know it's based on a book, isn't it? I saw it at... It was, um, no, it's, it's it's based on two things, right? It's based on, uh, real life bank robbers led by Ma Kate Barker and her four sons. Uh, and Kate Barker was super domineering towards her kids and, you know, classic like narcissist mother type deal. And then also, uh, the end is kind of based on, um, New York murderer Francis Crowley, who, uh, gets in this gunfight with the NYPD. Uh, at the age of 18 and then um when he's murdered his last words are send my love to my mother and they were like this mom angle uh, yeah see yes we see? gotta make a picture about it dude i noticed right at the beginning in the credits i was kind of like oh here he goes back to the white racist director's old hollywood uh did you notice that the story the sto- what the story by credit was no. So the screenplay credit is these two guys, Ivan Goff and Ben Roberts. But then the story by is suggested by a story by Virginia yeah. Kellogg. It's a suggested. It's a suggestion credit. What does that mean? What does that mean <laughs> exactly? And then, and so then I look her up on her writing credits, and she's got only story, uh, story credits, 
attributor to adaptation suggested by she suggested the t-men movie apparently part of me thinks yeah. that this woman wrote all of these super badass crime movies and they, had, someone, had someone else take the, they, the, the title yeah, they threw her under the rug and they took they took her ideas i bet there was i bet there was some like sexist like <clears throat> idea that Men we can't go see a crime yeah, we, movie written by a woman. Exactly, we can't. Women don't understand crime. <laughs> <laughs> we can't advertise this movie like that. We can't. Just go back and read your comic books. <laughs> yeah, I I saw that right when the I moment. Read. Yeah, when she says go back and read your comic book, books to Virginia, it's like what? I wanted the to subtle, uh, the subtleties. Just push her back off the chair. For the, uh, like the original story, I wanted to like read the original like whatever short story this was based on, but I couldn't find it. Anymore. Virginia uh, I Kellogg. Su- I wouldn't be surprised enough. if she was just like a pulp writer and just like wrote a bunch of like pulp short stories or novels. She's got, or whatever. A, she's got a Wikipedia page. Yeah, I. It was very short. I. It's very like. Uh, Almost small. like Hollywood. Uh, didn't give her a lot of room to work on here. Crazy. She worked in Hollywood for a long time. So by 1930, she was working at Paramount as a scenarist after starting out as a script girl and secretary for director Clarence Brown. Around 1926, she wrote a string of pre-code films for the studio. She'd so continue she writing radio plays, radio plays, national magazines. She made Orson yeah. Welles. In order to research <laughs> caged the subject of which women are in prison, she became an inmate. With assistance Whoa. of authorities, she was incarcerated with a false conviction for embezzlement and served time in four American prisons. Holy shit. I like that points to this woman. Like, she's Apparently like she was either. Also married four times. Hold on, sorry, I had to drop that in there. This this woman was <laughs> the woman depicted in the film, dude. Like, yeah. I'm telling you. She's part of. She sounds like a lot of fun. She's ma. She's, she's, she's ma. not ma, she's the wife. Yeah. yeah, dude, she's Verna. Verna. The smartest This, this is betraying my inability to remember any quotes or character names in any movie, unless I've watched it 20 times. <laughs> It's, it's unreal, some of these old Hollywood movies and all the people that would work on them. Um, I do want to mention this prominent gem on the IMDb page, which is that the um, telephone game scene uh, is totally improvised by James Cagney because they had been filming it. It didn't work at all. And then uh, they're like, let's try something different. And they're all kind of sitting there. He's ad-libbing. And then he you know, does his weird thing, his, his cry. And then he freaks out and starts punching people, random actors who don't know they're going to get punched. They're like, stop it. Like, keep rolling. This is gold. This is gold. So I was like, hell yeah. What was the other thing? Um, and to make it more visually interesting, he told the director to put the two biggest extras playing cons in the mess hall right next to him on the bench. At least he knows what looks good. That's it. That's all um, right. I was we got to talk at... about the movie uh, at the end of the movie. Let's get something else here, uh, Alex. Oh, we, or we can talk about it after. After. We'll do it. Okay. Yeah. The end of this movie, uh, you know, it, it, they head to a gas plant, basically. And the whole time yeah. I'm like, explosions? Are there going to be explosions? Is it going to blow up? Is it going to blow up? <laughs> and there's the final... Um, it's crazy. The final uh, betrayal, you know, I thought there would be a little bit more like 
he's not a cop. He can't be a cop. And then immediately it's like, no, he's definitely a cop. Uh, and then a very upsetting tear gas scene uh, contextually with our time in 2020. And then um, uh, he makes yeah, the last yeah. stand. He said tear gas. I was like, oh, 2020. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, illegal, illegal cops? Everybody. Are you talking about illegal cops? Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, this was a movie where, like, I don't know. I think the one place we can reserve some admiration for cops still is maybe detectives because they're not awful beat cops who beat up protesters, but I don't know. I am sure that we, like, tomorrow the headline is going to be detective departments uh, shooting puppies or something. But, um... You never know. Anyways... It's like they found uh, us out, boys. Cagney, he's running away. He, uh... He brings one guy with him uh, and... Uh, it's just a great like visual set piece of them going up the winding staircase to the top of this very like uh, spherical oil mm -hmm. containment thing. I don't. It's not an oil derrick, but oil derrick is a dope ass word, so we'll say or oil derrick. Yeah, and, we'll go with uh, oil derrick. and then the other guy's like, "Fuck this! I'm giving up." And as he runs away, <laughs> and as he walks towards the cop. Cagney shoots him with, again, the world's shortest gun. Uh, like, an amazing shot for a revolver that has no aim whatsoever. Just and, right in his back. Boom. Uh, they, they snipe him. Again, another upsetting scene in 2020. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to shoot every single uh, oil barrel in this refinery. And it's great. They take... Um, <laughs> They take, you know, the shots of the uh, barrels, which could have been real, the big spheres, and then they just superimpose nuclear explosions on them. Yeah. <laughs> just pure a bliss. seamless special effect. Pure, pure bliss. And it's then, the only way James Cagney could die, if you think about it. And then, what was the like? What was the hokey line that they tacked on to the end of it? Like, because Cagney has that amazing I'm on line. Top of the world, ma. Yeah. yeah. Top of the world. <laughs> I'm like, I right, like I, yeah. I, it's great. That's how it should have ended. But instead, the detective ends with a line that's like, "Yeah, see, crime is bad." And, and oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, that's, like, that's just like literally these old movies that you know. I, we need to have like the the five seconds of black and then the credits need to roll. I think that that's a great thing in movies because these old movies. They just inflate the balloon, inflate the balloon, and then, yeah, yeah see, pin into the balloon. It totally deflates, and it's like, dun-dun, the end. Dun, and then dun. iTunes kicks you out because you're done watching the movie. That's how quickly <laughs> it's over. I also loved uh, Edmund O'Brien's fake name, Vic Pardo. Where's Pardo? Pardo. 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 <laughs> the best name ever. Uh, just great. Just great. Guys, are we ready to give our rankings Bo, here? Bo Creel. The guy that catches it. Oh, yeah, Bo. Yeah. Didn't want my shot, see? Four out of, four out of five. Oh, there four was five. Oh, I, I found it. I got, to the, I got to the part. He got it. To, Cody Garrett. I'm oh, sorry. Cody Garrett. He finally got to the top of the world. My. Blew right up in his face. That's what it was. <laughs> That was the line. And your delivery of it is somehow better than <laughs> this actor's. He was good throughout the rest of the movie, but then he's like, he finally got to the top of the world and it blew up in his face. It's like, <laughs> all right, buddy. Bye, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We'll see you, buddy.
Damn, buddy. All right, yeah, Charlie, you picked it, it and you gave it a four. four. What, yeah, what would have given it five, five stars? I, I got to know. I don't. I mean, you just, you just I know it? what you, I know what you mean. It, it is probably a five star movie, but I got to give it four because, uh, gotta give it four i gotta give it four charlie's like if you would have given four. me more ma i would have gone to five <laughs> when i rate it's like how i do my letterbox four is kind of like like my top top tier and then five is a movie that is like i'll watch that i could watch that like once a week or something Good movies i rewatch. like if you want to get a t- sense of my taste my top four i put on here for right now are, Network, something wild, sideways, and boogie nights. Something wild is it, that's. I'd Demi, give right? all the, I'd give those all five stars. Yeah, that's a Jonathan Demi movie with, uh, what's her name, Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels. That is, I that really threw me through a loop. Not that that's a bad movie, but like given, Dude, given how how harsh you grade, you know, <laughs> the high standard to which you hold all your movies. We're gonna have to put it on the list. Put it on. We have your to watch something. Wild. I love something wild. It's so fun. I gotta put it on my list. Um, I'll go because I'm monopolizing uh, our rating section here. Five stars because I graded a curve. This movie was amazing. This movie is amazing. I would watch this a hundred more times than I would watch <laughs> the movie with um, Alfonso, whatever his name was. <laughs> I Asbestos. <laughs> Uh, asbestos Groot or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I gotta give it five. Five stars. Um, My man. I love Cagney. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for like classic like just like uh, this dude is like a big ass star and he like just yeah, he, he does. Did, he did. Like he was just all his own thing. Yeah, he really you could just did. Just like it. tell he, he. Oh man, I love it. Wonder what it's it like would have been like to be on set, with, just watching him be James Cagney. It's got to be all like, about Ma. Is... <laughs> <laughs> his mother is his acting coach. We do need to say that. <laughs> I'm on top of the world, Ma. Ma Cagney, she runs the show. I'm gonna give it four out of five. Nice. Uh, again, Zach, do you have like what would have taken it to five stars for you? Uh, I think Zach and I are just jaded assholes. Yeah, sure much <laughs> jaded. No, no, no. I mean, but I mean, I, I really have like uh, a, I, like I'm not like like Noirs, but again, it's just it's not one that would take me back like multiple times, like you know. Yeah, like a Noir that's gonna be five stars for me is like The Killing. I know like, that's a Stanley. I know that's a Stanley Kubrick movie, but. I mean, you gotta be to something me, like amazing. <laughs> that's like, cause it's just like, I mean, this movie is great, but I like the just ultra high speed sometimes of some noirs, like The Killing or um, Fuck. What was the fucking? Like I know, like one of my number one movies is is, is Clover uh, is Cloverfield. No. If you really want to, if you really want to get into my taste. In the city. Cloverfield's your number one of all time. Yeah, it's in my top five. Yeah. Wow, I gotta look favorites. at everyone's uh, letterbox here. I need to update mine. Yeah, update mine. I mean, I I change mine around oh, yeah, for fun, what is, but what is my my top? I fuck around with mine, but definitely uh, 
I'll only put movies in there that I think are like five stars. I also really like Unless the American in like Texas. Something fun. Even though it's like very hard for some people to get into. Look, I oh, yeah. I, I respect everyone's uh, rating oh, yeah. because I past. like this movie. So there you go. Out of the past is one. Out of the past is good. The Big Sleep. That's my problem. My memory sucks. I gotta like look them up to remember the titles. The Big Sleep might just be like, it, for me, it gets the fifth star because that's just such a good title. Yeah, it's on. It's like perfect. Guys, we only got six minutes here. We gotta spin that wheel. We've spin been that here. wheel. Spin that we only wheel. have six minutes. Are we being timed? I time myself here. Oh, I insist okay. I on see. just an hour of recording. Otherwise, I, I will talk for ten years about movies that. No one yeah, will care geez. About. someday, watch. Someday we'll do this and we'll involve beer. We can talk for fucking ten hours. I mean, if we had our Cagney's oh. breakfast, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you something about Jim's Cagney. I'll tell you right now. Tell you, tell me something. To do the, uh, you could do the Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson and Fiona Apple thing. Did you read that Fiona Apple story about? Her hanging out with them in the 90s. All right, we got the wheel. Can y'all see the wheel? No. Looking for the wheel. Can't see it. Can y'all hear see, me? I, I see live. Oh, now I see it. There we go. Oh, well. Uh, uh, I see, yeah. Wheel. Wheel. Hello? Hello? Wheel of I can't hear money. Hey, look, if we have one witness, we can do it. Spin that wheel. Spin the wheel. At least it's, the stream can see it. Yeah, it's all good. I'll trust you guys. The people now. Oh, there we go. Now I hear you. Sorry about that, everybody. Spin the wheel. Spin the uh, wheel. Does this look good? Noir's gone. Yeah. Go up there. Yeah, if I were to also put one, I also give King of Satin Island a 5 out of 5. That's another one I could watch over and over again now. Wow. Oh, you know what you guys need to go watch is uh, Palm Springs. It's on Mexico. My list. I think that's a good, like, I think that was Ooh. also a Corona pick. Yeah, I thought we were canceling the Coronas. Cancel. Cancel the Coronas. I vote for it. I need some of my picks in here, baby. I mean... Oh, yeah, Touch of Evil. See, I always forget about Touch Cancel this evil. one? You all saying cancel this one? Cancel. Yeah. Cancel. Cancel. Hashtag cancel. They haven't been Hashtag here. Corona canceled. Spinning the wheel again. Coronavirus 20. Melodrama. That's mine. Oh, yeah. Melodrama. Aaron, mm. watch okay. High and Low. Let me see. So we did melodrama. Day. What was the first one that we did? Uh, was Guillermo del Toro. What was the second one we did? Uh, uh the second the movie. Second movie? Uh, Makoto, the second? The Makoto Shinkai, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it was Makoto Shinkai. The the uh, anime. Yeah, that was we did anime. Remember that anime? Eric. Was that anime? Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. All right. Look, we. We need an impartial third party. That's me. I have no skin in any of this game. Everybody needs to watch. Alex watched it, but here's a great noir. It's not really noir period, 1963, but high and low, dude. High and low. A Kira style movie. Oh, Translate, shit. Translates to heaven and hell. Oh, shit. That sounds awesome. Why didn't they yeah, just the call movie, it heaven and hell? It's amazing. The movie's fantastic, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Is it Kira like... Sala. Is it like mid-century Japan, though? Yeah. Ah, oh, are we talking like people in Japan wearing fedoras? Talking post World War II Japan, yeah, oh, people in fedoras. Toshiro Mufune as a as a business executive. Guys, I'm just turning into a weeb before your eyes here at the thought of this. 
it's but like it's a mid-century am- weep. I'm looking at a scroll. It's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. He's like Wait, a- but Zach, what's your pick for uh, melodrama? I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut uh, you off. Look so, it up. Look at the list. See what I see. I think I'm gonna go with Crimson Melo Peak. Drama. Crimson Peak. Yeah. Hell yeah! Another Del Toro. Double yeah. Del Toro. No, yeah. got Tom Hiddleston. The hardest working forehead in Hollywood. <laughs> do you get do you get extra points for more categories from the wheel? I don't know. I I haven't seen I haven't I never saw I never saw that. Yeah, I never saw this. I've seen this movie. I remember very distinctly uh seeing it in Austin, Texas at the Westgate uh movie theater, which had just re- renovated with beautiful beautiful new seats and it was very rainy that day which was the perfect mood and vibe for this movie this is uh, kind of scary right yeah i watched it because i heard uh on npr that they didn't think it was that scary and i was like look if my threshold is like i can deal if npr doesn't think it's scary i think i'm gonna be okay yeah right oh it premiered at fantastic fest go fantastic fest go fantastic fest may it never leave our sunny shores this is like the first movie that like my wife might actually have some thoughts to impart upon all of us here no really what is this about (laughs) she she had if anything negative things to say like (laughs) like somehow like we would have had less time to record (laughs) uh was not interested i'm sorry to say the plot is so long. I I remember some things. I, I want to like say some things at the top of the episode that I thought the movie was about from not having watched it for three years. But we've literally hit uh, 20 seconds to oh, 10 no. o'clock. So I must be going. I now know how to exit this stream without <laughs> throwing my computer into the well. So I must bid you all adieu until next You can Wednesday. still throw it in the well. You're right. Uh... I should, and I will. Bye-bye. All right, see you. Bye. All right, thanks for listening to episode eight of the Spicy Boys Movie Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I know I enjoyed making it. I enjoyed editing it. It's always fun to re-listen to these conversations. Uh, This week, or next week, I guess this week the wheel ended on melodrama. So next week we will watch... Crimson Peak, the first repeat director, Guillermo del Toro. Is he the poster boy of the Spicy Boys? Is he the origin? Is he the fifth Spicy Boy? Is he the sixth Spicy Boy? Is that? Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I'm in it. And and for for my friends, no, it's. Oh my God, have I been saying my four friends this whole time? When only it's it's only Eric. Zach, Charlie, and myself. Have I been saying my four friends? Am I counting myself and my friends? God, I, I'm bad at this. Um, sorry about that misleading fact. That's why our listener base is so small. Because I've been saying that wrong. But now that I've corrected the record on this, episode 8, our... Listens will skyrocket into the sky, and we'll never, you'll never, you'll, you, you, it will never be the same after this episode. Um, 
So is Guillermo del Toro the fifth spicy boy? Yes, the fifth spicy boy. There's four of us. He's the fifth spicy boy. Maybe. He is from Mexico. They like their spicy foods in Mexico. I think. Well, I mean, that's the stereotype. Sorry about stereotypes. This is how we get canceled yet again. I'm sorry. Alright. Anyway. Crimson Peak. Next week. Stick around. Subscribe. So you can listen to that episode. You know. Get notified when we upload it. And listen to it. Download it. Listen to it. Tell your friends. Uh, rate. Review. Send it. Share it. Send it out. Uh, do all of those things. We greatly appreciate you, the spicy fans. We love you. We hope to see you again, hear from you again next week. We'll keep putting out episodes into the void until the void shouts back. Yes, exactly. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end this. I think I ended it better than last week, but that's... Debatable. Anyway, ending, finally ending it. Stick around next week. Crips and Peak. Find out our takes. It's gonna be fun. It's a fun time. Alright, see you. Bye. Adios. Good in a mink coat, honey. Uh-huh. You look good in a shower curtain.